Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finchley. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm teaching pastor now here at New Covenant, and uh, Chris asked me to to preach for the next four weeks. And uh, so I've been praying about that. Well, God, what uh, what would you have me? And I really take that role about teaching uh, seriously. I really believe that uh, one of the gifts that God has given me is the opportunity and ability to to share truth in such a way that that you can apply it to your lives and. So I've been praying about that over what to, to, to proclaim over the next few weeks. And I kept hearing uh, in my spirit, all that believes is not faith. All that believes is not faith. And uh, every time I would go to the scripture, I'd start to study something or something. I'd just continue to hear all that believes is not faith. So it got me asking the question, well then, if all that believes is not faith, what is genuine faith? What, what is authentic faith? What is biblical faith? And over the next few weeks, I want to share with you what I'm perceiving to be what God has taught us through the Scripture concerning faith. Faith is one of the identifying marks of a Christian. Faith is so important that we not miss it that we not misinterpret it because let me tell you a lot of things that's going for faith these days is not biblical faith a friend tells a young widow if you'd had enough faith your husband would not have died a husband and father of four he quits his job in order to live by faith and church members have to start taking food to their home to prevent his family from going hungry the husband and wife write a check to the church in faith. The check bounces. They explain with embarrassment that they wrote the check in faith, believing God would miraculously add that amount to their account. Faith. Faith's getting a bad name these days. In fact, I read something and I think it's true. He said the word faith itself it must be healed before it can be used to heal people. So we're starting a series this morning talking about real faith for real life. Authentic faith. We are called believers. A Christian is called a believer. A follower. And you do realize that the supreme evil in our world is unbelief. And it's the source of all other evils. It was the source of Adam and Eve's fall was unbelief. They believed the wrong one. It's been the source of all mankind. Mankind are lost not because they lie or steal or kill, but because they refuse to believe, John 3.18 says. Four times in the Bible, the Lord declares the just shall live by faith. That word just means those who are in right relationship to God. Those who are going to live in right relationship to God shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38. If God says something four times, I got an idea, it must be important. He's trying to tell us something. 
And here's the thing I think he's trying to tell us. You're not only saved by faith, you are to live by faith. But all that believes is not faith. And I just, I just jotted down some things of the promises of to faith. Uh, it's by faith that we please God. Hebrews 11.6 Without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's by faith that the things possible with God become possible to man. Mark 9.23 Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. It's by faith that we overcome the world. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. It's by faith we conquer. We get past the obstacles of life. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, For assuredly I say to whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. It's by faith that we are kept secure in our relationship with God and secure in our life. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5 in the New Living Translation says, And through your faith... God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. It's by faith we receive all God has promised us. Matthew twenty-one twenty-two says, And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Faith. Well, if all believings... Not faith, then what is faith? What is biblical faith? The Greek word used in the New Testament for faith is pistis. Pistis. The word means faith or trust or belief. But the foundation of the word, the root of the word from where it comes to be convinced, to be persuaded, to be assured, or to have a firm, settled conviction. It's leaning the whole weight of your personhood upon that which is believed and therefore trusted. Having become convinced and firmly persuaded, we commit ourselves totally to that of which we are convinced and persuaded. Faith. Faith is used three different basic ways. Same word, but it's translated or used in three different ways in Scripture, in the Bible. First of all, it talks about the faith. The faith. It's the body of Christian truth. The total revelation of God to man. Paul said it this way, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've stayed true to what God has revealed. Then there's a second way is faith. The way we're going to be talking about it, it's the act of believing. It's the, it's the personal trusting. It's the relying upon God. That's the most common use of it in Scripture. And then there's the third way where it talks about faithfulness. It's trustworthiness or steadfastness. It talks about the faithful. Those who stay true. Those who continue to believe. Those who walk in steadfastness of their convictions. Faithfulness. I think that's when Jesus would say, oh, ye of little faith. He's talking about this 
faithful being that, oh, you have little faith. Haven't you come to a settled disposition of faith by now? After all you've experienced with me, haven't you settled it? Oh, you have little faith. Faith is our affirmation. It's our yes to all God has revealed about Himself. It's our act. It's our conviction that leads to action. I respond to what I or who I believe. And then faith is an attitude. And I really believe that's the place God wants to get us to. Yes, I'm believing. But I think God wants to get us to the place to where we're a believer. I don't just have to come up with belief every time. I've settled it. There, I think it, the scripture calls it the rest of faith. I've settled it in my heart. God's right. God's true. God is able. And God will do what he said. It's an attitude. Not just an affirmation. Not just an action, a reliance, or a, a response to it. But it's settled to where the response is already settled in my heart. My answer is yes before I know what he's asked because I know he's faithful. Faith is authenticated. It's real because of its object, not because of its believing. Faith is authenticated by its object. Faith in what? Or actually faith in who? The focus of true biblical faith is God. And I want to spend some time here because, uh, because I think sometimes we, what we call faith is wishful thinking. I'm hoping. And so, faith, you remember the story where the disciples were walking with Jesus and Jesus comes to this fig tree and the fig tree has leaves but it doesn't have fruit and Jesus curses it. He says, no one's going to eat of you any longer. And then they come back by the next day and that fig tree is withered from the roots up and they're amazed and shocked and they even bring it to Jesus' attention. And Jesus makes a statement. It's in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, Jesus just spoke to a tree. It withers. They come back by. They see the withered tree. And Jesus says to them, have faith in God. Not have faith in what you say. Have faith in God. It just kind of gets you to understand that when Jesus is talking about faith, he's not talking about faith as a mental assent to the truth. He's not talking about faith about believing God for something. He's talking about believing God. Have faith in God. Now, most people would say that they believe in God. Now, I recognize that there's a lot more people saying they don't believe in God these days. But have you ever realized you have to believe that there's a God to not believe in Him? You say, well, I don't believe in Him. In who? Well, that one that I don't believe in. But here's the other side of that that I think is a bigger problem. I think that sometimes the danger is, I believe in God. The danger is we believe in our idea of God. The Bible tells us about Him, what He's like, 
what He's done in Christ, what He's promised. It sounds logical. I went to church and found out all about it, so why not just say yes? Why not just believe it? And so we accept the idea of God and the idea of salvation, but we don't let it affect our life. I'm going to tell you, that's not biblical faith. You giving a mental assent, even a yes, I believe to it, doesn't make it biblical faith. Faith is my, the just, those who are going to be in right relationship with God, shall live by faith. Faith is me, present tense, relying, trusting in, adhering to, being persuaded in God. All that believes is not faith. Faith is trusting the God who is. Not as you perceive Him to be. He is. And He has revealed Himself. He is as He has revealed Himself. Just because, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, my God wouldn't do that. Well, God has revealed what He will and what He won't do. So you hold on to Him, you're not holding on to what you think about Him. You follow me? It's not you coming up with your idea. And a lot of times we believe in our interpretation of God. Faith, biblical faith is believing. It is my present tense response to the revelation of God in Christ Jesus. Biblical faith believes God. And I want to show this to you. Our faith is in who God is, not just what He did. And here's the thing, God is who He is without ever having done anything. You know, uh, when He said to Moses, Moses says, well, who am I supposed to tell sent me? And He says, tell them, I am. That I am sent you. You do know when God said I am. He meant you're not. Moses this is not about you. It's about me. This whole thing. Salvation. This life. It's not about you. It's about me. You are a. You're invited to participate in who I am. You're invited into the life. That I am. Faith is connecting you to me. Faith is you receiving and believing and counting on and being persuaded of what I have revealed. Who I am. Now, He does what He does because He is who He is. But He doesn't... Do those things so that you can get those things. He does those things so you can get Him. Biblical faith connects you to the God who is, not the God you suppose Him to be. That's why it's so secure. Because He's never changing. I want to tell you something. I'm glad I believe in a God who doesn't change. 
I don't wake up tomorrow and wonder what he's thinking. I know he's already said. This is who he is. This is how he expressed himself. And this is to the length he would go in order that I would know him. For God so loved the world, he gave. God sent his son, Jesus, so we could know him. And be included. You can't separate who God is from what He does. He does what He does because He is who He is. There's no act of God apart from His being. His being is always dynamically involved in His action. His doing is always the dynamic expression of His being. Now, all of this is summed up in the word grace. Ephesians chapter 2, we are saved by grace through faith. Multiple times it talks about the things that we get, we get by grace through faith. Grace through faith. Grace is who God is. Grace is what comes from God. It is Him revealing Himself. It is His empowering presence available to us to make us what God intends us to be. Grace is God's action toward us. Grace is what? Makes it available. Grace is God's part. Faith is our part. (laughs) Everything we experience as a Christian comes by grace through faith. Grace makes it available. Faith accepts it and acts on it. Grace opens the door. Faith steps through. Grace offers something. Faith receives it. But the danger is, is that we make grace an event in the past... And faith, a response to that event that becomes an event called salvation. And because of that grace event and our faith response, we have convinced ourselves we will go to heaven when we die. We've dotted the I's and we've crossed the T's and it's all settled. I have accepted Jesus Christ. But what about living? What about the life we live now? The Apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless, I live. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the only begotten who gave himself for me. I live. That key that I'm going to talk to you, I'm talking about real life. Real faith, excuse me, for real life. Here's the thing. God didn't save you so you could go someday be with Him. God saves you so you can live a life that will never end. So we're talking about authentic faith that gives you, that overcomes the world, that gives you the victory, that gives you the life God intends for you to live. Folks, listen, most of us are living so much below what God has intended. And I want to tell you, there's an authentic faith that can step you into more than you've ever dreamed. Real faith. 
My faith is my response to the revelation and the activity of the person of God. I trust him. Therefore, I trust what he says. I trust what he's done. I trust what he's promised. I trust, rely on, adhere to, have confidence and lay the whole weight of my life on him. Now I want to get to the scripture. Is that okay? Turn to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15. Hold your finger there and then look at Romans chapter 4. Genesis 15, Romans 4. Genesis 15 is talking about Abram who became Abraham. Abraham is said to be the father of our faith. Why am I going to Abraham? Because father means the first or the paternal one. He, he was the example that God intended for us to understand faith by. Isn't it amazing? Faith, faith, God, it was always about his grace, our faith. The way God is going to deal with mankind is His grace, our faith. He's not going to do for us apart from our receiving, our believing, our relying on what He said, what He's done, what He's provided, what He's promised. Abraham... God literally, through Paul, says that Abraham was the father of our faith. So, in Genesis chapter 15, I want to show you a picture of faith. It says, verse 1, sometime later, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. In fact, it's the new New Living Translation. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him. That's very important. The Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Abraham replies to God, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord says to him, now remember, this is in a vision. The Lord says to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Now look at verse 6. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him, applied to him, to be right standing with him because of his faith. Now I want you to note these words, very important. Abraham believed the Lord. It did not say Abraham believed in the Lord. Abraham believed what God had said. Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Now, why am I emphasizing this? He didn't believe in the teaching of God. He didn't believe in the history of God because he had no teaching and he had no history. Abram was an idolater. God, if you want to say it this way, came out of nowhere and spoke to him. Faith was Abraham's 
response to the revelation God gave him of himself. He's the father of our faith because God intends us to always, our faith is responding to what God is revealing of himself. And God counts that response, our response to his revelation, as enough to be in right standing with him. What makes you right with God is not you quitting your sin, it's responding to God. You quit your sin because you respond to God. You try to quit your sin without responding to God and you've just got your work cut out for you. The one who conquers sin is Jesus Christ, not me and you. You got to get that. It'll set you free. The one who's going to break that habit in my life is my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not my willpower or my ability. In fact, let me tell you, the more you try to quit a sin, you're focusing on the sin, and the more you'll find yourself trapped in it. That's for nothing. I'll just put that in there for free. (laughs) Faith was what Abram, was his response to God as he revealed himself. Now, I want to turn over to Romans chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul, thousands years later. Paul is writing by revelation what God has shown him about the promise being received by faith, about faith, the importance of faith, not works, the free gift, not by the law, but by grace. And Paul's talking about Abraham in verse 16, Romans chapter 4. So the promise is received by faith. It's given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if We have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That's what scripture meant when God told him, I've made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about a hundred years of age he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. I wished I had that. His faith grew stronger, and in this, he brought glory to God. Verse 21, this is the important one. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. I want to show you, Paul got a picture of Abraham believing God. You do know that when Abraham, God in a vision takes him out and he looks at the stars, he can't count them and God says, that's going to be your descendants. You do know that Abraham didn't have a son immediately. It wasn't nine more months. It was years. It was until it was absolutely impossible for Abraham and Sarah of their own ability to have a child. And yet God gave them a child of their ability. 
Doesn't make sense, does it? Because God does what He says. Sometimes God lets us get to the end of our rope in order to discover He has a different rope. He has a way that's different from our ways. Here's the point I want you to hear in it more than anything. Even when there was no hope, no reason for hope, Abraham kept believing that he would become the father of many nations. How could he believe that? He didn't work it up. He kept believing because he believed God. He didn't keep believing because he thought maybe next year, maybe next time, maybe somehow. He kept believing because God had said. He believed God. This will help you. It really will. If you start to understand, stop believing God for your expectation and believe God. If you believe God for your expectation, you're setting yourself up for disappointment because God's ways are usually not our ways. But you can believe God. And I love this about Abraham. His faith did not weaken even though at a hundred years of age. He didn't waver in believing God's promise. His faith grew stronger. And in this he brought glory to God. Here's the definition of faith. Fully convinced that God is able. Fully convinced faith that God is able grace. Fully convinced I'm persuaded. Well, how's he going to do it? I don't know. When's it going to happen? I don't know. And then you remember after that son, that promised son was born, Isaac, God tells him to take him up on the mount and sacrifice him as an offering. And Hebrews tells us that Abraham did that in faith. He went up there responding to God of the present revelation of God to him, took him up, carried the fire with him, was put Isaac, which was a young man, put him on the altar. Isaac is saying, here's the fire, where's the lamb? And, and, and here's what Abraham said, God will provide for himself. I still believe God. Hebrews tells us that he believed that God would literally raise him from the dead if he sacrificed him. You understand what I'm saying? His faith was not in the results. His faith was not even in the process. His faith was in what God had revealed. He believed God. And God counted it. Put it to his account for righteousness. Abraham wasn't looking at what was or even what could be. He was looking to God. He believed God. God had promised. What did Abraham believe? He believed God was able. Faith's focus is first and foremost on God as he is. The faithful God who will never leave you nor forsake you. The one who sees the end from the beginning. The one who said it and it will come to pass. He was fully convinced God was able. 
Here's what I'm trying to get across to us. Authentic faith is believing God, not believing about Him, not hoping He will come through, not believing what God... uh, I know because God did it in the past, He's going to do it in the future. No. God is revealing Himself to you. If you... Turn, if you have enough faith to turn to God, you have enough faith. Follow me? It's not the measure of your faith, it's who you're turning to. If you have the faith to turn to God, that's enough faith for God to do anything He wants to do in your life. Because you're turning to Him. Faith is relying on, counting on, being confident in God. Well, preacher, what if God hadn't said anything to me? Hold on to God. I got an idea. He may be saying a lot of things to you. You ain't listening. How many of you have ever heard something you didn't want to hear? (laughs) And how many of you, when you finally got over not wanting to hear it, it came out to be exactly what you always wanted? See, here's the thing about God. He loves you and knows best for you. And if you'll believe Him, He'll bring those things to pass in your life that you never even thought of asking. Why? Because He loves you and He wants you to live in the fullness of all that He is. He's inviting you to participate. But it takes authentic... All that's believing is not faith. But biblical faith will do everything the Scripture says. Why? Because it connects you with Him who can do everything. Don't look at your faith. Look at the one you're believing. Instead of measuring your faith, measure your God. Rather than evaluating your situation on the basis of your ability to believe, evaluate on God's ability. Is God able? (laughs) Of course He is. Then trust Him. Be convinced. Be persuaded. That's faith. I love Psalm 91. He who dwells under the wings, the pinions of the Almighty will dwell in safety. I love that that psalm. At the end of that psalm, I want to read it to you from the Amplified. Verse 14 of Psalm 91 says, and this is God speaking about the one who trusts in Him. He says, because He has set His love on me, therefore will I deliver Him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. He has a personal knowledge of my mercy, my love, and kindness. He trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Because he set his love on me. He relies on me. You know the only thing God wants from you this morning and for every day of your life is for you to believe and trust him. That's all. Trust him. Yeah, but. Then you don't trust him. But I don't understand. When will and how will... He's promised He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He will enable me. He will give me. All He's asking of me to do is trust Him.
Not how much to trust Him, just trust Him. Faith is my present tense response to the revelation God is giving of Himself to me. It's not what I believed 10 years ago or 10 minutes ago, 40 years ago. It's not those things that I'm trusting. I'm trusting in the God who is, who is right now, I believe, involved in my life, doing what He wants to do, conforming me to the image of His Son. He has promised me that He would never leave me nor forsake me, and I can trust Him. And so I rely on Him. People say, well, how are you going to do it? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have to know. I trust in Him. And here's the thing about faith. Don't hear faith as sitting back waiting for something to happen. Faith is every time He reveals something of Himself, I step into it. I step into His revelation. Well, preacher, can you miss it? Yep. But let me tell you, I've never seen a time when I've missed God, He hadn't told me which way. It's like, no, that's not the way, walk in this way. I've, he is absolutely faithful. Listen to me. This is more than anything else. This is what I want you to hear. God believes in him. He's absolutely convinced he's God. He's absolutely convinced that what he's purposed is going to come to pass. And he's sitting back saying, just watch. Because I'm God enough to make it be exactly what I've intended it to be. And that's grace in your life. Will you trust me? Grace is God's empowering presence that comes to be in me. Everything that God expects of me. And all I have to do is step into it. And by faith, walk by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Every day walking with Him. And I live my life by faith. In the one who loved me and gave himself for me. That's authentic faith. My question is, do you trust him? Do you trust the one who is? Or do we trust him for something? Trust him because of something? Or trust him in hopes of something? Do I trust him? Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would pour out your presence upon us this morning in such a way that we have a revelation of who you are. That we would understand that when we trust you, we don't get something, we get someone. When I respond to God, I don't get something called salvation, I get a Savior. I don't get something called healing, I get the healer. I don't get something called righteousness or holiness, I get the Holy One. I want to trust you that I walk with you every day of my life responding to your revelation. I trust you. Lord, I pray that this morning you would reveal yourself to everyone in this place. Everyone who hears this message on a recording. I pray that you would so show yourself to who you are. That they would be convinced, persuaded, assured that they'd be changed with an encounter of you for the rest of their life. Lord, let us live by faith. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to New Covenant Lampasses.
www.ChristianLiberty.com.